What is going on, Regeneration? We've got a super exciting podcast for you today, joined by our ultra-running panel, Nick Voss, Travis Zipfel, Michael Owen. We talk about all things FKTs, we talk about Michael's return to Strava, and we have an infamous draft live on the show about aid station foods. You will not want to miss this one. Sit back and enjoy. All right. We are live, Regeneration. What is going on? We have a super exciting show here uh, with some of our favorite people from Long Return Nation. Uh, Nick Voss, Michael Owen, and Travis Siffel are joining this show. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Fantastic. Good, good. Great. <laughs> I love the, uh, the hat game that we've got going on tonight. Um, Travis, start us off. What are you drinking tonight? Um, I am actually drinking Brewdog Elvis juice. Uh, light, refreshing, but kind of alcoholic. So, uh, kind of, yeah, just like bit. you. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. <laughs> Is it still light out where you are, Nick? Yeah, Man. yeah, it's only seven o'clock here. Lucky, yeah, he gets the West Coast treatment. Nick, what are you drinking? And the Browns t shirt, I see. Oh yeah, that's right, Cleveland. Um, I'm drinking a ska brewing modus, modus mandarina. It's a uh, spinoff of their modus operandi, which is one of their flagship IPAs from Durango, Colorado. Perfect, and Michael. Before we dive into it, we put out a poll earlier and said that. Uh, Wait, I got somebody, something. I know. <laughs> are we drink either kombucha or black coffee. Uh, the yep. odds were put in. If it's <laughs> a surprise. I'm not a Browns fan, but my, my boy, Joey Burrow, going to the Orange Bengals. My goodness, is that orange juice? <laughs> Michael is out here chugging Represent. orange. Did, did wow. you say Bengals? I think they're orange. <laughs> yes, they are. That is absolutely shocking to see the uh, – Orange juice brought out for Joe Burrow. Obviously, tonight we're going live during the NFL draft. It's going to be super exciting. I'm getting texts nonstop about the NFL draft on my phone and being updated as this all kind of takes place. I'm drinking the Can Obliss uh, IPA. It's a uh, Oscar Blues Brewery Indian Pale Ale out from uh, Denver, Colorado. Actually, Nick might know a little bit about that one. It's been unreal for me the past couple of days and three or four in tonight so we should have some fun on this show uh obviously we're gonna kind of talk about a lot of different things um original nation if you have any questions for these guys we can have some stuff planned but we also want to answer your guys's questions um if you have something drop your name and your favorite nfl team that you support in the comments below as the draft is getting underway um obviously training during this whole quarantine period has been kind of different for everyone I think everyone in this group right now has been kind of active in their training period right now. I know uh, you could say that Nick and I are officially back when it comes to training. Michael and Travis really don't not train. So it's kind of interesting for them, but I'd love to just start off with a couple minutes here talking about everyone's training during this period and the mindsets that they're going through and whoever wants to start off with this one. Uh, I, I can jump into it, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of 
strange and different. Um, like I, I traditionally race a lot. Um, well, not a lot. I mean, I don't know. I mean like eight, eight to 10 races a year, which most people would probably call a lot. Um, where I try to use my races to fuel up or to get towards my other races. And I, I kind of use races as training. So now that, uh, most races aren't on, um, it, it, I've had some lower mileage weeks in, uh, than usual, um, for this time of year, but I, I think it's causing, or it's, it's making me want to kind of create uh, new, fun, interesting, random projects. Um, whether that's like, uh, finding different new routes around uh, my area I live in or even going for a potential like a, a mileage weekly PR or uh, a new distance around my training block. Um, I, I think it's just kind of making me want to be more creative in, in order to keep my training going. Um, but it's hard to say. I mean, not knowing when races might, might, might be back on, uh, it's a, it's a little bit difficult. So, uh, trying to keep it interesting, fresh and new, uh, is, is how I'm going about this, uh, in between, uh, everything. So. Definitely. You've hit some PRs, I think recently in the last couple of weeks, am I right on that? And, uh, if so, which ones were they distance wise and, kind of talk about those adventures that you've already kind of accomplished yeah so actually probably technically three um i had a well about four probably about five weeks ago i had my first real well i've raced 50 miles before but i've never raced 50 miles when i've really been in shape so I, i've got a 50 mile pr finally that was uh at belmonte uh like five or six weeks ago um and then uh, Arlen and I were both talking. We were both going to try and run 100 together. It didn't pan out uh, exactly how we wanted it to. Um, I still managed to get about 100K in, uh, well under any 100K PR I've ever had. Um, and he, he managed to do really well at the 100-mile distance. Um, and then... I actually surprisingly ran a solo half marathon, uh, and actually had a, had a PR at, uh, my half marathon distance. I've never really raced a half marathon on fresh legs. I mean, it was a week after 62 miles, uh, but I, I still felt pretty fresh. Uh, so it was, uh, I think 117 is, is, is now my new half PR. I think I could, take that down quite a bit if it was in a real race uh but it's a it's a fun solo attempt effort uh so yeah i've had a few good efforts keeping it interesting uh but it's hard to stay motivated sometimes so you got to get creative definitely yeah i think you definitely took that down a little bit because your half marathon pr is way too close to mine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i probably just shouldn't be the case uh nick talk about your return to kind of high mileage and consistency. I mean, you've been putting in the miles 
as many as anyone recently. So kind of talk about your mindset just in the past couple of weeks here. Yeah. So, um, I'm like, kind of like Travis. I'm, I'm typically a, a race a lot kind of person. Um, mostly for fun. I was really lucky to get in, uh, Moab red hot 33 K, um, early in the season. And then, uh, right after that, just a race every month, each month has been canceled. Um, but I didn't want to, didn't want to really lose, lose track of, of some of my goals later in the year. And, uh, consistency can really only, only help those out. Um, for me though, it's been, um, so I'm, I'm working remotely and for me that saves anywhere from 90 minutes to two hours a day in my commute. So I feel like I have more time, more flexibility to go for a morning run, um, and not have to rush around, um, just to go sit in traffic or I can lunch run a lot easier. Um, so flexibility has really been good for me, I think, um, in building that consistency back. So, um, the only thing I'll say is it, it's been kind of tough staying mostly flat, um, especially with some pretty good trails close by, but just trying to um, avoid some of the crowds that have been um, kind of taking over those trails and, and trying to do, do my part, I guess, um, to slow the spread of this virus and, and run as close to home as much as possible. Definitely. Just from someone that's just like having to look on your Strava a couple of times over the past couple of weeks, is it fair to say that you're running over the past six weeks? It's been maybe the most consistent it's been over the past 18 months or so. Yeah, definitely. Um, probably, you know, arguably even, even ever. Um, I've had a few, few consistent spurts, maybe before Mount Mitchell a few times or before um, some of my uh, Mohican 100 attempts, but yeah. Um, I, I know. Yeah. Last, last month was the most mileage I'd done in 18 months. So that's right. That's awesome. That's super great to hear. Michael, obviously uh, no one really knows what you're up to uh, in the running world. Uh, obviously you've, for people that may have not known Michael Owen is officially back on Strava. We'll get to that in a little bit, but what have you been up to in the past couple of weeks? Yeah, training wise? You just spoiled my announcement. <laughs> I'm back on um, what have I been up to? Also, um, it's been how when was the quarantine backyard ultra? I'm trying to think. Is it three or two weeks ago? Three weeks ago now. Three, three weekends ago. Um, so that was sort of a on a whim thing, and ended up being my longest run ever, my longest mileage week ever. Um, but it also sort of coincided with. Um, an Achilles injury I was dealing with, but fortunately, um, worked out pretty well to this point since I've started running again, I took, um, a little less than a week off after that 162 mile effort and, uh, running has been going really smooth. Felt like I was stronger. My Achilles fortunately hasn't flared up or even caused any issues. Um, so I've been running pretty strong for the last couple of weeks with just kind of building up more fitness um in terms of like i'm like opposite of nick and travis i don't race a lot so besides i guess promised land was supposed to be um this past weekend i that was the only race that's i've had to miss um to this point because of the 
pandemic. Um, so I don't know. I'm just uh, training like normal, I guess, and hoping that some of the late summer, early fall races take place. But um, also what's kind of the biggest difference with, with my training during the spring time that's different than the past years is that now I'm not able to be a race director and it's always a constant struggle um, focusing on my own training during putting on races, uh, dealing with the course marking and the, and the stuff like that. So this year I'm a little bit more um, focused on my own training, which hopefully is a benefit. Um, you know, iron furnace was supposed to be earlier in the month and, and I'd be typically I'd be in the, in the heart of preparing for thunder bunny trail races as a race director. And, um, you know, this year I'm not going to be able to put that race on until the postponed date in August. Hopefully that's still going to be a go, but so yeah, the spring's a lot different in my books. Um, we're mostly staying at home. So most of my running has been on my back roads, not as much trail time. Hopefully I can get out on the trails a bit more in the coming weeks, but, um, yeah, just kind of just trying to make sure my Achilles is, is for sure good. Um, I'm not really setting any time PRs in my training. And then like, like Travis was saying, or, um, if, if races are canceled, you know, I've, I've already started thinking about like alternative ways to like have fun with, with new distances, with new routes, or maybe some FKT type efforts out there. Um, you know, cause my big races were supposed to be in the summer and, if those races are end up being canceled, which so far they've not been canceled, my June races, which I think they will be, I'm, I'm shocked that they're, they've not made an announcement, but, um, you know, if those races are canceled and I'm not able to race my big goal races in the summer, maybe, you know, I'll decide to do something here in Ohio or, or from my house, even, um, maybe a hundred mile effort or, or beyond, um, maybe do some kind of cool route, um, that would utilize that fitness that I've, I've built up. So yeah, so far though, not much different. Yeah, no, it was super exciting. I know all of us are under generation. really loved seeing your effort during quarantine backyard ultra that weekend was super exciting uh, for everyone just to kind of watch you and go out and compete with the top athletes from around the globe, honestly. So super exciting cool. stuff. Um, yeah. For me, it's kind of an interesting, um, if you follow my Strava, you've seen that like in mid-March, I was doing like an 11 mile week kind of tapering for OBU. And then I think I followed it up with a 12 mile week. And then I hit right back with a 70 mile week, kind of, I think it was the second week after this, uh, COVID-19 stuff started, kind of started going on. Um, after that, I've hammered out three straight 80 mile weeks. And then now I'm in the middle of a probably a 70 mile ish week, kind of at a down week, but it's kind of interesting, honestly, for me, it, it's hard to explain. I've, I kind of put out some stats on Monday, but basically for me, I've always kind of been, I've struggled with other life things that go on outside of running for me in, when it comes to training. So for me, it's hard to pass up like, Oh, let's go to the bars or let's go to the beach or let's go to the baseball game and just all these other like random stuff that just pops up in the summertime and the warm weather weeks. And so for me during quarantine, there's nothing else to do than run 10 miles at a day and just do that for your 
90 minutes outside for the day. So I think for me, I've often said, like, if I move to Florida, I may quit running ultras <laughs> just based on the fact that there's going to probably be a billion other distractions. But this is kind you're of the complete. Yeah, you're completely opposite of most runners, Wes. Summer is for <laughs> running. I think it's just like, yeah, it's just, it's totally opposite. Um, when it comes to training wise, I, mean, I just think like this is the best case scenario for me that just all the other distractions are just eliminated. It is kind of crazy to say, but, uh, it's just the truth. And when I get to can just go out and do eight to 10 miles every single day and not really think about it. And then on the weekends kind of plan out my long runs a little bit more. So, um, one thing I've been kind of happy to do so far this year is to, I'm four for four on, uh, a monthly 30 miler run, which is kind of something that Travis has been preaching, uh, on the low key for the past couple of years now. Um, I've already got my one set out for next weekend. It should be like May 1st or whatnot. So I'm excited to hopefully get another one of these 30 milers out there. But yeah, it's kind of interesting to see how everyone's training is kind of playing out during this time and just trying to stay motivated during it. As of like uh, total effort wise, I don't really know if I'm, I don't see myself doing like an 100 mile training run or even maybe a 50 mile training run during this time. I think I'll probably just kind of maintain fitness because I really haven't put in the, level of training i have been running ultras for probably five years now but i've been training like an ultra runner for probably like one and a half <laughs> so i think for me to just put in a consistent training block one and a half combined during those whole five years yeah probably right <laughs> I mean, I if, a, we're, if we're being honest i have a question for you wes what yeah go ahead mike yeah, go, go for it is that your yoga mat behind you <laughs> so it is my yoga mat but my roommates used it 10 times more than I have. I doesn't, every, doesn't everyone have a yoga mat right behind them? <laughs> I mean, I do. You better wipe that thing down, Wes. <laughs> I definitely will before the next time I use it, which will probably be in a couple weeks, if that. <laughs> Nick? Wes, I can't let that Florida comment slide. Florida? Don't okay. do that. Big and warm weather. Guy who loves mountains, loves hills. <laughs> <laughs> Love hills, but outside of hills, like the next best thing is warm weather. So uh, Florida <laughs> definitely be my top pick when it comes to like random locations to live in for a couple of years. Probably just based on the weather alone. You're the only person under who's I've ever heard say that. Really, really, really. It, it probably won't happen. So. <laughs> So don't get sorry for anybody from Florida listening. Yes, <laughs> I just wanted to bring up a comment from uh, a good friend of the show, Neil Hertenstein. Said, "Go Browns!" And honestly, I can't agree with that take anymore. Uh, Nick and I are both rocking Browns <laughs> here tonight. Uh, Super Bowl, Super Browns, go Baker Mayfield! So they're on the clock. Yeah, oh, ha- happy, yeah. happy, happy old age to Neil and his his big run today as well. Right. Yeah, and Neil hit out 32 miles as well today, which is super impressive to see. I know Anna Monrachel also did a birthday run of 21 miles for her 21st. So super awesome to see some really impressive birthday runs during this, uh, this time. Um, Happy birthday, Neil. I just want to say congrats on his first ultra marathon distance run. Yeah. I bet Neil would have rather ran 21. <laughs> He's probably more fit to run 21 than uh, 32 that he did. Anyways, 
Let's get into some other topics. Um, obviously, during this training period, people are looking for different things to do. People are looking for other opportunities to kind of like test themselves. And with this comes some people just making up some crazy FKTs out of really anything. And I think it's kind of just ridiculous that to kind of create like a fake FKT around a lake to kind of say that you're the fastest when really you may not be just based on other people's efforts during races or just other kind of events. So let's just touch on this topic. I know we all kind of have some thoughts um, about some fake FKTs that have gone around the nation recently. And let's just start there. Whoever really wants to dive in deep here. All right. So I knew we were going to talk about this. And so do all my best thinking in the shower. So I had lots of great FKT shot thoughts in the shower and my overarching ideas about FKTs when I think about FKTs is they have to have some kind of novelty involved with it, right? It can't just be my front door to, you know, the next intersection down my dirt road. It has to be a well, well-established route. Yeah. There's gotta be some history to it or some local lore to it. It's more than just a Strava CR, you know, it's, it's more than a Strava segment. Um, and so like, I love this FKT movement. I love the FKTs are, are being recognized more so lately. And it seems like the last like two years they've blown up. I remember when like the old FKT website was around and it was basically just a forum and like the major FKTs were like the Appalachian trail, the PCT, the Colorado trail, the long trail. You know, like the major uh, trail networks in America, and now there's just thousands of of FKT routes, and people are making new ones every day, and um, they don't mean anything, in my opinion. Sort of like the same thing with this huge. I mean, I'm a race director, but like, there's way too many races, in my opinion, especially hundred mile races. But um, like, I I think we have to protect the idea of an FKT and that they still are reserved for the elite. And I'm not trying to be an elitist, but, um, you know, and, 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 but, you know, just a mid packer ultra runner. Okay. If they have an FKT and even me, even if I get an FKT, I'll always know that, okay, if Jim Walmsley or, freaking anybody who is in the top of the world, Killian or someone like that, they would easily be able to come in and just run that FKT at like 70% effort and, and get it. And so there has to be like this level of just like top performance that sets the FKT bar. Um, so I don't, I don't fully agree with that though, because what if it's a 200 mile FKT? It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be fast. Yeah, but, but at that point, it's I do agree FKT with your statement on on short. You, you know, an FKT there shouldn't be anything under fifteen miles unless it's also twenty thousand feet of vert. I agree, but like at the same time, like you know, the Appalachian Trail is two thousand miles, but like at this point, you know, the top, the max has been pushed to where for forever on, you know, from from now on till the end of the world. It'll, it's going to take a superhuman effort to break that FKT, and that's that route and everything has has earned that reputation. It's got history from the time 
the Appalachian Trail was created. Um, it's got years of attempts from top people. And um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's like, I don't know. I just think there's too many. There's an oversaturation of F FKTs. People are using it in a very gimmicky way to try to get some popularity or try to get some name recognition. And I don't think that's what FKTs are for. It's like, yeah, I can run the lakefront loop in random states, you know, 35 mile random bike path route and get an FKT. But what's that mean? Like, what's that mean for, for anybody? You know, it's, it's, it doesn't mean anything in my opinion. Um, so I just see this, like this, this like weird, um, I don't know, there's a weird nuance starting with FKTs that like people are trying to use it as like a publicity stunt. And um, I, don't, I don't think that's what FKTs are for. It's like, it's about pushing boundaries and it's about doing epic routes. It's about doing super long expeditions. And uh, I don't know. So I, mean, I, 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 agree. Agree. I agree with you, Mike. Go for it, Nick. Yeah, so I, I agree with what, what Michael's saying about uh, about it being elite i mean that's a term i think that's kind of inflammatory for some people um in the trail running community but at the end of the day it's a leaderboard um as the distance goes up speed or fast becomes a relative term of course but i kind of look at it as i mean as a, a wholehearted mid-packer myself just because an fkt is a fast time doesn't mean that the route's not a really cool one to go do yourself as someone who's slower, just like you wouldn't not do a hundred mile race just because you know, you can't win. So it's the same kind of thing. So that's why I kind of agree with Mike that the, the record aspect of the FKTs is meant to be for the fastest of the fast. It, you know, it doesn't mean you can't go have fun and do rim to rim to rim or things like that, but just kind of, I guess stay in, stay in your lane when it comes to that. And it's, it is, it's a measure, it it's a measuring like tape. And that, yeah. I mean, that's and a, it seems like a publicity stunt. That's a good point about, you know, like obviously the word fastest is reserved for one person, just like the Olympics are reserved for very select people. It's, it's, you know, and I don't want to use the word elite to seem elitist, but like when you start talking about the term fastest, I mean, that's just what it is. You can't feel bad about yourself if you're not the fastest. But like you said, Nick, it shouldn't dis dissuade people from going out and doing these epic routes. Like, you know, if, if that was the case, no one would go to races anymore. You know, like no one would do running anymore if that was the case. So, so maybe um, I know there was, there was some talk I saw on some threads or some Facebook posts about, how maybe there's there needs to be just like a conglomerate leaderboard of FKT routes. Obviously, that's getting beyond the scope of like what the people that manage um, what Peter and Buzz can manage on the FKT website. But you know, like you know, to, to try to collect everyone's times and verify it and everything. So that's why they just keep it with with the fastest. Um, but it should it should inspire people to go do it. But it shouldn't start. It shouldn't encourage people to start creating their own FKTs as a way to be number one. When deep down, these people would know they're not number one. No one really is, unless it's a super awesome effort. I, I, I agree with that 
hundred percent like that. Uh, you know, don't, don't just create an FKT as a personal effort. Like, I mean, I could go run a 40 mile loop, loop 40 mile loop around Columbus and, and create an FKT on it and nobody will ever run it again. So I will always hold that FKT. So it, it's more of a, you know, if, if, if me being in Columbus, Ohio, if I know there's a 10 mile segment in Ohio on, on the bike trail and in this, this, I, I don't even still feel like qualifies anything past a Strava segment in a personal effort, but at least I know there's 10,000 other people that have done that segment as opposed to me just creating a random 40 mile loop that I am the only person that will probably ever run that exact street on this 40 mile loop. It's not a trail segment. It's not a very established route. So I, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. I, I just think it's, I think it's interesting to create an FKT that uh, I, the creation of FKTs at this time is it's, it's like at a tenfold rate. And I, I think instead of people creating FKTs, maybe they should just run already established FKTs in this community that has already respected what has been going on for some time. Um, and, and I'm not saying other like FKTs haven't slid their way in. Like, I mean, if, if there's only two people on an FKT, like don't just like try and take it and say like, Oh, I'm like an FKT King now because I, I got an FKT that only one or two other people have ever ran. Like, I mean, try, try a really like this should inspire you to try a cool route that you might live close to and have never had a chance to experience. So I think that's the true appreciation we should be looking for as opposed to people just like running out their front door and making a route. So it's really interesting. Um, I don't know if you guys know Ryan Gelfi. He's a Oregon runner. He sort of announced at the beginning of the year that he was basically done racing sanctioned races and he was just going to sort of focus on FKTs for his like athletic pursuits and which is really cool because um, I think from from what I've followed with Ryan like he's gone after like some pretty like historic type FKTs like he's going after the sort of the old old ones that have a, a decent amount of history too um, so like it, it's gaining that type of um following where people are actually like using fkts as a as a like their goal instead of just races which it, it is great because it gives people different options rather than racing like it's it's different type of planning different type of support more solo minded a lot of times some sometimes it's self-supported um but here you know and here in the east coast i think since there's not as much of a history with it people are more apt to create things um but i think it has to demand some level of like scrutiny some level of oversight um and i don't know who's able to do that or if there's a demand for oversight but i think there needs to sort of be some kind of scrutiny and oversight critique like some a level of critiqued um i don't know a panel of some of some sort but um sorry i'm rambling but i was going to bring up ohio fkts and ask you guys if you guys could pick off top of your head 
if there's even enough, a couple of the top FKT routes in Ohio. I've got a couple in mind. Let's go and see what you guys thought. So before we dive in here, Cam Wrench actually just mentioned there's only two, and he says it's the Ohio Buckeye Trail and the Shawnee Backpack Loop. He says those are the only two that are in Ohio that are worth an FKT, and I would agree with him wholeheartedly on that statement. What do you guys think? Um, I th- I actually want to weigh in on this because I looked up this yesterday uh, the routes in Ohio. There's about there's about nine or ten of them. Um, no, the the two that he named are yes for sure the most legit. Um, I think there's a few uh, that depending upon you know what what kind of variables you want to. I think you have to place certain variables on a state. And as Mike said, you know, not every person in every state has an opportunity to uh, challenge themselves or maybe find something that is doable. So it is, uh, I guess my criteria is, you know, let's keep a handful if we feel like they're valid, you know, maybe they have to be over 25 miles, maybe, uh, maybe they have to be over 50 miles if they're on road. Not that anything should be on road, but not every state has like a blossoming trail community. So I don't think a FKT necessarily always has to be on trail. I think most of them should be because I feel like that's kind of the community that embraces it the most. Not not always. Uh, I mean, you look at like uh, the across America, or, I mean, I could think of a few others that kind of fall into that parameter, but I think there's, it's kind of a state by state basis. And I think there's also, uh, a few other parameters that surround it. And Ohio is kind of like a weak state when it comes to the amount that it has, because, you know, it has a few trails and it doesn't have like a plethora of you know, huge, expansive, you can't do a 60 mile loop outside of Shawnee. Well, that's like what I was thinking with like parameters. It's really, that's why it's really easy to have these Western mountain FKTs. I think that's kind of like the sort of where they originated. Like it's easy to circumnavigate a mountain, like that's the obvious parameter or summit a mountain or do a traverse across a mountain range um, or do a, a long trail like the Appalachian Trail, for instance, like a historic, you know, like government made trail like the AT or the or the Colorado Trail or PCT in Ohio. I think the one big trail that it has like a governing organization is the Buckeye Trail. I think it's 1400. You guys, I know you mentioned that. I'm not repeating, but, uh, you know, like the Buckeye Trail is a sanctioned group. It's a nonprofit organization that manages this trail, 1400 miles. Um, and then, like, I, I was, I meant to bring this book to show on the TV screen or whatever. Um, it's an old backpacking hiking trail book in Ohio, and it's got like a list and like it's like a guidebook for Ohio hiking trails. It's got the Shawnee Backpack Trail, Zaleski Backpack Trail, Tar Hollow Backpack Trail. Those are like old, created back in like the the CCC era after World War II, built trails. And I think you know if you wanted to make FKTs in Ohio, you would look at some of those old hiking trails that navigate our largest state for, you know, like Shawnee is the biggest one. 
and just a little shout out for a current event. Alex Gold is going after um, the Shawnee 40 mile FKT in a week or so. And Alex is a pretty top competitor in Ohio, and, and I think he'll get that FKT. But like, that's got a little bit of history. It's going to get really stout here before too long. I think it is able to uh, kind of be that one kind of single day effort type FKT in Ohio. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's too many. Yeah, you know, like the National Scenic Trail um, goes through Ohio. I don't know if it's something that people really care about, but like maybe the east to west version on the National Scenic Trail could qualify or something like that. But yeah, I don't think there's too many options in Ohio. Agreed. Yeah. There's not too many options, like you said, Mo. And actually one that I want to give a quick shout out to is like the Cincinnati to Cleveland, um, just whatever river to lake trail or it's 252 miles across the state of Ohio. I feel like that's a pretty solid one as well. Um, Alex gold is absolutely going to crush the current FKT on that one. I would have, uh, one after that one, but uh, I'm assuming he's going to put that one out of reach for us mere folks, maybe James Fox or Mike Lowe and Kevin go after that FKT at Shawnee in a couple of weeks. But yeah, there's not I'm too many because I've, I've always wanted to get it, but now I'm like a little worried that I well, you, you had it. Am I, Is he going to put it out of reach? <laughs> you definitely had it. Did you have it when you first did that in original convenient adventure back in 2014? So, <laughs> I'm older than that, Wes. <laughs> so I'll take you back in the history of my own personal FKT journey. <laughs> Perfect. So like, obviously, okay. So it was 2010 when um, me and a couple of buddies ran the Shawnee backpack loop. And uh, my friend Keegan, we did it for his bachelor party. That was what he wanted to do. Don't ask me why. Um, but it was me, Reese Brown, and Keegan Rathcamp. And we took it. Like, we didn't even know what FKTs were. I'll clarify that. But, like, we took it super easy. We stopped for cheeseburger at a halfway point. You know, it took us 10 hours to do 40 miles. And um, a few months later, Keegan found the FKT website, which he was the first person to tell me about it. And he logged our FKT. Because at the time, we thought we might have been the only person to ever done that whole loop in a day which we probably were, maybe. I don't know. So at that time, I think we probably would have had the FKT on that backpack trail. But over the years, there's been several other people that's had it. Um, I've never gone back to run it all in one push. We've done the Shawnee 54-mile route, which deviates away from the 40-mile from the backpack trail several times at a faster pace and everything. So like fair to say... Like we could have ran faster in my 10 hour effort, but, uh, so I think the current FKT is a, is a, is a time that is, has not even ran, has not even logged on the FKT site. And, uh, and that's something else that I think should be noted with FKTs is that I think it has to encompass everybody's effort. You can't just say, Oh, I'm the first one to log it. So I've got it. Like if you know, somebody else has ran the route, you just has it you know, went through the process to like log their time on the website. Um, so I think somebody's ran like 640 something on the uh, Shawnee backpack trail, which is faster than faster than what is on the website. I think the website says it's about eight hours. Um, yeah. Who is this person and <laughs> what was their effort? Like if you want to share those details or 
maybe keep that um, on this. Well, the person is someone I just found out about, honestly. And uh, he, the reason I found out about him was because he ran the Iron Furnace virtual run, him and his brother or his cousin. And uh, his name is Keith Martin, I think. Sorry, I don't have it off the top of my head. I think it's Keith Martin. He's from Ohio somewhere. And I'm pretty sure he's the one who ran like 640-something. Um, and so Alex Gould, I think, is aware of that guy's time. We, we discussed it a little bit. And so I hope Alex honors that time as the FKT and not what's on the FKT website. As, in my opinion, I think that's like, you know, if, if you know somebody ran the time, and it's, you know, like that, but, that happened. It's real life. And so that should be the fastest known time. Does does Keith Martin acknowledge like I, I mean how did you hear about this and like does Keith Martin care that he thinks he thought he ran the quickest time and maybe doesn't have the GPS data to prove it or well, I, so I don't it, really it, know I've never submitted anything to FKT's website do you have to submit yeah. data or you can just say I ran it there's a there's a list of parameters that people have to do to verify their routes um, I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen it, but based off of what I've talked to people about, I'm going to look it up as I talk. Um, pretty sure he has has it on GPS. And so if it's pretty easy to verify on like Strava with a GPS watch, then That's here kind it of is. the point of this website, right? Yeah. I'm, so I'm looking at it right now. It's third, yeah, like pretty easy to see if he did it correctly, and he, and he did. He ran 37.66 miles, which is basically what I've seen 38 miles for the loop six six um, 32 actually so I would say that's so the he time. had so he, he submitted it no it's on Strava though I mean I, I don't okay. think it's I don't think it disqualifies people if they don't log it on the FKT website yeah, no. oh no I, I wasn't yeah I totally agree I think there's many FKTs that are not actually valid by the person that claims to have them because there's many people that have ran them faster that don't care to acknowledge that they ran it um yeah. i mean who knows you've probably crossed an fkt you might not have taken it but you have no reason to log it um and i i also think that probably plays into it as well are people only logging fkts if they took it from somebody so it doesn't maybe establish the length of that fkt or like i mean do people want to show that they did a like i i think that's part of the issue too is do people not log their times on the fkt website because they didn't get what they expected and they, they're just now on a list or like, you know, they don't want to go through the effort. I, I mean, that, that, that kind of plays into a whole question is like, Oh, you didn't finish where you wanted. So I might as well just not post my result. So if it's a big FKT, like a, like a historic one, the sort of the, or like maybe it's a written rule. I don't know. I, I haven't looked at the rules for a while. You're supposed to announce you're doing it, which gives you a level of, um, gives you a le level of like responsibility of following through with that. Yeah. It could be a little bit more um, questions if you don't announce it and just randomly pop up and say, Oh, Hey, I broke the record. I'm like, okay. Were you planning on it? Like 
but you know, some for smaller FKTs, like some people might not even know it was an FKT, or they might not even know about the fastest known website, fastest known time website. And so, I think you, I think there's a, I think there's options to backlog, if if you got one, but uh, but I think kind of the rule of thumb, if if it's one of the big ones, like you're supposed to sort of announce it, do live tracking if possible, and provide every proof that you can. Whether it's GPS, timestamp photos, firsthand accounts, um, you know, eyewitnesses. But like for a for like a Shawnee fifty for a Shawnee forty mile backpack trail FKT, um, you know, if it gets to the point where it gets bigger and faster, there's going to be a demand for more responsibility in terms of announcing and, and providing that evidence and scrutiny from onlookers. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it, it is the fastest known time. Yeah. So focusing Cameron on the K. Yeah. Focusing <laughs> so on the, the exact K. I, I same thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's known. So now at this point, we know that Keith has run that and that exactly. should be honored. Um, and, 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 I, and I think, here. and I think, go ahead. And to follow up on what you're saying, like in terms of, I, I think there is also an unwritten etiquette for some of those big ones to also let the person who holds it know that you're intending to take it too. That's more of an etiquette thing, but. And I think that's the cool thing about FKTs is that as a certain route gains popularity, gains history, those types of things start happening. Like if, if, you know, so Alex gold commented on Keith Martin's Strava. I just saw this, which is really cool. Great get gesture for Alex saying like, Hey, I think you got the FKT. You should log this on the FKT website. So hopefully Keith follows up and does that. So like he, he announced basically that he's going to go after that record. And then like whoever, you know, if Alex gets it, which I think he will, if things go good, um, whoever tries to go get it again, obviously I think at this point, like a route like that is people that will go after the record will know about the record. Like they'll, they'll research it. Right. So they'll hopefully like, a, you know, let Alex go. It's going to be a half hearted attempt. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of effort. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, those, those sort of etiquette unwritten rules come about with that, sport as well so yeah agreed cool. i think but we've kind of go go for it travis final thoughts. i was gonna say but there's nothing there's nothing stopping you from swooping up 15 uh fkts that only <laughs> one person has ran <laughs> i want to make that my year goal actually yeah Oh boy oh boy okay <laughs> mike's gonna be the fkt king <laughs> First one tomorrow morning. <laughs> um, Maybe that a Michael Owen could win Ohio's Ultra Runner of the Year over the past two. I've not even been a finalist on that thing yet. You've been, you've been a finalist both years. You just haven't been a top two or three. So, runner. so does my quarantine backyard ultra count for the Ultra Runner of the Year in Ohio award? One hundred percent, I think. So does your effort? So does Arlen's effort that he put in one hundred miles in thirteen hours? I think Travis's effort where he put in a hundred k. Wait a second. Those weren't events. Unprecedented times call for unprecedented consideration, I think. I mean, do you think like Gabe Rainwater's 100 mile in his backyard doesn't count as a PR for him in his 100 mile time? Come on. I, well, what's, what's so what's I, I would. Ultra I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not going to log those as my race PRs. 
because a race has unpredictable circumstances. That is one thing that's true. <laughs> that but, you could pick and choose the weather and stuff like that. So, like, like, all right. This is all I'm going to say on this is, I, I, I had you know, I knew exactly when my aid stations were and like, you know, I got to plan all my shit around me. Whereas in, in, so and I'm not discrediting Gabe, he ran an amazing effort, but I would never log that as like, you know, even though it might be my, I guess it depends how you look at it. I think of a race environment is a very different environment. There's adrenaline, there's strategy. It's so much more than how fast can I run? whatever distance but you know I'm you're running. capable of that again right yes yes so I, I but i but i i would only consider a race um i, I don't oh yeah yeah that's a tough one i don't know I, i'm not I think, i'm not gonna dig too deep in it uh, wait wait on paper how many other people are gonna run 100 miles in 17 hours with 20,000 feet of vert this year that could be qualified for ohio's ultron of the year Five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Hey, it could really be—it could literally only be Gabe. Uh, in Ohio, hold on, hold on a second. Let's get beyond Gabe. Um, so the oh, ultra runner. Run okay, go for it, LeBron. <laughs> the ultra runner of the year award that Ultra Runner Magazine puts out—they don't take in FKTs and solo efforts for their voting. But they do put out a separate award for the FKT type performance. Um, but but will they this year? That's my question. It's a good question. I don't know. It could be a different year. But I actually, as I've sat here and listened to you guys bicker, I think we should consider all efforts beyond ultra marathon distance. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think this year is going to be totally different than anything else we've ever seen before. I think that like even beyond this year. I think you can have some parameters, let pa a panel decide if some Joe Schmo runs 300 miles in three days from his front porch, that could, that could be a consideration and we can put our own emphasis on whether doing it by himself detracts him on a, you know, on level with a hundred mile victory or something, or whether it's more important one thing you know you can't erase the fact that it's an ultra marathon effort you know beyond you know i was told today by a friend that 27 miles is an ultra marathon and so i'm glad that non that non-ultra marathon runner told me that but uh <laughs> <there are> also <laughs> who, who is this <laughs> keegan rathcamp informed me that ultra marathon is anything beyond a marathon distance and i thanked him for letting me know that but i i responded and said that there's a lot of nuances in that definition yeah so anyway i, I mean i agree and kind of for the people of return nation i think our i mean obviously our previous ultra runner of the years have been hands down i think he'd give it to them easily and nine times out of ten they've been absolutely dominating other people when it comes to results but i think this year will be more of a panel vote just based on everything that's going on i don't think it's going to be open to the public something the public will know i mean if mohican doesn't happen how many people will know the results from people that run that race and if running river doesn't happen how many people will know what those runners run i mean i just feel like it's gonna be kind of a tougher vote for the general population per se 
it's well, that's, that I makes think, it really hard on the panel. I'd really hate to be one of them. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, Nick, I'd love to have you on the panel. Obviously, Travis and Michael are probably excluded because <laughs> yeah. they're too fast. But <laughs> I'm a race director, though. It's going to be individual effort. Uh, you're almost going to have to self-submit to be considered this year unless you're recognized. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe something like a um, like you're nominated as like a finalist, and then from there, the panel votes on the nom- the people that are nominated i feel like that would kind of be a good way to go about it but yeah i think i mean so ridge the ridge runner voting i think it's really cool that it's been two years now and the ultra runner of the year in ohio but i think you're right i think there needs to be a different format going forward now i think somehow you need to get together a panel of experts in the sport in ohio whether it be super fans who follow the sport religiously or a conglomerate of race directors who've seen all the efforts and then maybe just some experts um, from around the state to give an unbiased collection of votes that are tallied and ranked instead of a, you know, voting from a fan base is a popularity contest. Let's just face it. Like, you know, this is not the MLB all-star game guys. So yes, we're beyond the voting stage from a fan base if we're going to take it seriously, which maybe no one really cares, but I do. Agreed. I mean, even, even year one, year one was all uh, fan vote. And last year we went to a 25% uh, elite ultra panel vote, 75% fan vote. And I think this year we'll kind of just correct a little bit. Maybe we'll find a way to incorporate regeneration, but I think it's kind of interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, but let's dive into our next topic here. we got a couple more things to cover. This show is going to go so long. I hope oh, Travis shoot. doesn't have, so Travis doesn't have work tomorrow because we got a couple more things to, to cover. Um, I only have a long run tomorrow. I took work off. Perfect. Yeah, we can go all night then. Well, uh, it was supposed to be promised land this weekend, so I had it scheduled off already. Oh, that was tomorrow. That's right. I said yeah. last weekend. I was wrong on that. Yeah, it was this weekend. So I already had this Friday off, and they I, I found out like two days ago, and I was like, oh, well, I got Friday off. You should go down and run the course. No, I don't want to drive. <laughs> I almost yeah. died driving. Mike, home is, last Bobby, year. is Bobby going to run 34? I don't think so. I should talk oh, to her about bummer. it. You should. Yeah. All right. I'm going to let Nick take over some hosting duties for the next two minutes while I go grab another beer because the show is going to go long. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about Michael's return to Strava. <laughs> this is kind of a big topic. I want to kind of dive into this real quick. And Obviously, for those of you who don't, don't know, Michael has been off of Strava for probably six or seven months now, probably longer, honestly. I think since Mohican, he's been not logging on Strava, at least regular runs. He's been logging races and big efforts and whatnot, but nothing August. crazy. August. Okay, perfect. So let's talk about your return to Strava, why you left originally, and um, why you're back now. I think this is kind of important for, for everyone. <laughs> I don't think anyone cares. I Actually, care. you guys care, and a few of my friends, former college friends, former college teammate friends, sorry, they are former friends now. <laughs> um, <laughs> are they, they in the uh, I don't know. They probably left already. They got mad at us on the very first Ridge Runner Live for talking about dinosaurs, so they kind of got tuned out. Um, <laughs> but... uh I have a love-hate relationship with Strava. It's like everything I don't want to be, but I, I like it a lot. 
So I always break up with Strava and come back to it. And I lasted over six months this time. Didn't log. Even went through a, a phase where I didn't even wear a GPS watch for uh, for a month or so. But ultimately, lately, I decided to. Uh, well, actually, yesterday I decided to start logging on Strava again. And I think I might just go on with it. But in that time, did you ever go a whole day without <laughs> viewing Strava? Um. Oh yeah, definitely once or twice. Maybe when you were in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have cell phone reception. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But no, it it was definitely still used as a social media platform. Did you feel like you were pushing your training at all or anything like that? Was there any real reason to it? So here's, okay. I'll be upfront with you guys. So the reason that I got off the reason I got off Strava was because I hoped, and I don't think I did this that bad, but I hoped that training and running would would start to mean something more personal to me, which it does still, even with Strava. But I hoped that I can sort of get rid of some of the here it's Wes. Um, get rid of some of the um you know, just fluff and chatter and kudos and comments. And, and, you know, as much as you can say that like Strava doesn't impact your routes or what you do or, or how you respond to people or what you title your run, like there's like some underlying, um, you know, things that happen when you get a bunch of kudos and stuff. And so I wasn't addicted to kudos or anything. In fact, um, care less how many kudos I get and give care more about how many I give than get. But, um, yeah, so I think that all impacted my training, and, and I hoped that getting off Strava in August would let me just reflect on training purely as a training, like just purely focus on running as a training mechanism but, and, and um, just like approach it more authentically, I guess. But, Mike, that doesn't did. matter. You're still going to give zero kudos to everybody. Exactly. I gave one today, <laughs> which sort of regret wish you could take away kudos but uh, you can't um who is it to <laughs> neil neil Hertenstein. oh neil got it for his birthday oh, gosh. and i uh, i get i get a pumped up message every time i give one of my friends a kudo it's like super yeah it's like so like so my kudos mean way more because i don't give them out freely so i have a whole list of parameters on kudo giving too um so i'm much more apt to give a stranger a kudo than you guys and so but yeah, so I'm back on Strava. You know, I have fun with it. People can see where I'm running. Big deal. Which I don't know if I like that idea either. You know, <laughs> people are always just up in your business. But uh, no, it's great. I love Strava. I'll are you going to tie the law of your runs? I don't know. I don't know. Good question. I know you don't. Strava is a curse in the running world. But there's a lot of good things about it too. And, yeah, to, uh, I've been yeah. kind of off of titling my runs. I mean, if you look at my past couple ones, I like all that description and even like the long runs, all kind of like dab in. But like, if you could eliminate kudos, only comment, I'd be like, that's perfect for me. I, but I love giving kudos. That's the weird part. 
like receiving them is, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, sorry, I'm going to make this a lot longer than what it will be. Go for so it. I started logging on a website called runningtowin.com in 2007. I have every run on there. I've kind of slacked off the last month, but I'll, I'll go months and not log and then go back and log it. Um, so I've got every run on there from 2007. And I remember a day where running to win was my main form of running log. And I wrote lengthy descriptions about every run. And only people that saw it were like my close friends or teammates. And there was a comments feature, but there wasn't much commenting going on. And so like that running log on running to win was a true running log. It recorded my thoughts, how I felt. I can go back to 2007 and through 2010, my college days and find out exactly my training from college. And it's not as easy to do that on Strava. Like the description part isn't as utilized as it should be. It's hard to search in my opinion. Um, now, if you go back and search your Strava, you find out how many kudos and comments you got, but you don't really find out how you felt. And I think that's what's lacking with Strava for me. It's not really a running log. It's a social media platform. Wow. Okay. So did you get rid of Facebook too? I have to use Facebook for my advertising for my races. I mean, I, I don't know why, like, I mean, like when people themselves, like obviously origination and we do this Strava rundown every single week. Like I love looking at people's long runs and their titles and the pictures and whatnot, but I feel like in some sense of it, it does just get like a little overwhelming when you're doing your own runs at a certain level. I don't know. Maybe that's just me and personally, but. My favorite thing about Strava is the research, you know, finding routes love it yeah. when i'm traveling and stuff you know it's oh, a I good think, data gathering tool i think for me it's seeing other people's runs like i know probably 150 out of the 250 people that are in the ridge under strava club their last weekly mileage their longest long run the past year like i mean i just i'm a, <laughs> you don't want to know what i'm up to <laughs> on that site but like i feel like that's like the biggest thing for me but I agree with that, Wesley, that there's an awesome community here in Athens for sure, um, which I, I think that's kind of what I'm looking at it more as now is like keeping in a close knit, nice dog, Nick, um, keeping in a close knit, like community driven device to where you can kind of keep up with your friends and your running community. And uh, um, especially during this time with the quarantine, you know, you can really uh, sharing positive, encouraging feedback with people and, and keep people going or, you know, help, help keep yourself going and still feel like you're running with the community. Yeah. Even I think Heidi Shaw the other day posted like something about like the Strava fear and like how, um, it wasn't maybe her best run or maybe it was, I forget the exact definition of it, but like she basically said in her comments, like the Strava fear is kind of a lot, but I was just happy to get this one done. Like basically like the epitome, like sometimes it's, is overwhelming to kind of put it out there for everyone that you know and you follow to kind of see it and whatnot and does make it a little overwhelming sometimes so it's an interesting place interesting place out there in Strava I know for me I wouldn't be motivated without it I think that we all gain motivation from it just going on Saturday morning or Friday night for Travis because he doesn't wake up and no one runs before Travis wakes up but <laughs> to see people's runs and kind of get some ambition from those so I know it motivates me personally. 
we've got one big thing to accomplish before this ends. I know it's already getting late in the game, but these guys always like to hang out later than everyone else does. We've got a Ridge Runners live aid station food draft to bring to you guys. And I'm so excited for this one. Ridge Runner Nation will be able to vote on these foods that we all take from aid stations across uh, the picks that we choose. Nick Voss has the 101 in this draft, and I think he's going to absolutely blow this pick when it comes to all things trail and ultra running. So we're going to kind of grill Nick here after he makes his pick here. And Nick, you're officially on the clock. Do we have a clock? Uh, Yeah, it's my 30-second timer in my head right now. 30 seconds. I can't make a choice that fast. All right, 30 seconds. All right, so... I'm a little bit of an old fashioned kind of guy and I'm going to go with an old standby that I don't leave a single aid station without. I dance with who brought me there and it's the old fashioned orange slice with the number one pick. In the <laughs> that's, a, that's a horrible pick. Uh, I, I don't completely disagree with that though. It's Can't portable. run without it. It's portable. The I've had an orange slice in 12 years. <laughs> the 101 is an orange slice. <laughs> if you're oh talking about the NFL team, an NBA team, like all these, you're taking an orange slice. That's just like pick. drafting Baker Mayfield. <laughs> That's number one. You can use it in every race, every distance. You don't want to eat mashed potatoes in a half marathon. But. But, but what, 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 hey, I'll back Nick a little bit here. What, you, what he's getting at though is you know that's going to be at every aid station. Not my aid stations. No, it's always going to be there. Like some of our picks, some of our picks aren't going to be at every aid station. You wait till my number one pick, guys. Yeah, I mean, my number one, if that was my number one pick, that, that cost me about Travis's Mohican pacing uh, usually. <laughs> Good old orange slices. Oh my gosh! Oh man, that is crazy. <laughs> All right, uh, Travis is officially. That was awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, Travis I, is I'm on num- the clock. I'm number two. I, oh, I already got this sealed, signed, and delivered pierogies. Um, that is just, you know, it's not going to be at every race, but deep in deep in some of those bigger races, that is like a go-to food, and it is just. So clutch. Oh, good luck uh, taking that pierogi at mile five, and you have to eat that pierogi. Yeah, I'm, I'm, probably, I'm probably not going to take that at mile five, but you I have mean, to. Yes. That's your that's your pick, man. Uh, yeah, I'll still eat it. I mean, if that's my pick and that's all I have to go with, I got it. Don't worry. I mean, you but if I get my spots. hey, if I get my one, two, three, I'm sealed. Okay. It's all about depth. It's about depth. That is, I mean, that's a, that's a really good pick. I, I mean, I'm not going to hate that pick. I, it's better than the first pick that was uh, not at number one. If if you're talking about number one, number that's one, like a late, that's like a late in the game, late in the draft, big pick, hundred uh, percent. Michael, what's your what's your pick here? You got a big one here at a one oh three. One oh three. Excuse me. Yes, one oh three. <laughs> okay. Um. So I'm picking my draft picks based on team needs race needs first thing anyone needs when they come into the aid station is water not food 
A station supply, food, it's all one. <laughs> it's all going to the gut, baby. And I'm picking water. That, those bottles out. I, that's worse. I'll, I'll, a lot I'll of calories you, out of there. I'll let you it's not there. worse than it. You cannot get through a 100-mile run with pierogies and oranges, but you can I bet orange slices. 60% water. I bet Nick gets the farthest on orange slices out of all three of us. <laughs> if we're just if we only get to pick one of these. <laughs> so actually Nick just won. Dang it, I should have freaking picked something else. <laughs> Take it. Can I retract my pick? <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> I have an idea. No Dang water. <laughs> oh my god. Horrible. I'm mad at myself. <laughs> oh man, Michael with the water pick. That's, this is shocking. Picks. Nick can make orange juice in uh, these drafts so far. My pick here at the 104, and I get the 201 as well as the snake draft here. And the one with 104, which I think is the 101, I think it's just shocking that it fell to me, is PB&J. There's nothing solid. Dude. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. At an aid station, like when you come in, if like that's all that's there, you're set. So that's why I think that should be the 101. Like when I was thinking about this draft, I was like, Nick, you got to take PB&J. And I knew he just totally messed it up. Wes, I got to say, I was this close. But in my head, PB&J, you're right. It satisfies all the categories. It's sweet. It's savory. It's got carbs. It's got a little bit of protein because we all need those amino acids. But nope. I get no. tired of PB and J's. I'm glad in you a picked long PBJs. race. I get tired it's, of them. That was on my do not draft list because have you tried to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich without water? Without water, <laughs> not- I actually agree. <laughs> That's impossible. <laughs> so you're screwed, Wes. You don't have water at your availability. Well, well, no, my, my, my next pick could be some kind of liquid here, and Wait, I, you do have the next pick. I do have the next pick here, so it could be something in that category. But I'm not gonna take. Oh, I know I'm tilting. <laughs> do I tilt? Oh, man. I don't this know. Is, what do I got? 20 seconds here? Man, this is tough. In the comments, let me know what the pick is here and let you guys know what the second round pick should be here. I'm going back between two things here. And I think I set the stick with my guns here. And it's going to be Coca-Cola. I think you just need Coca-Cola to get through an ultra. <sighs> man, was- and so it's peanut butter and Coca-Cola for me. And I think I'm, I'm stoked with where I'm at right now. I think no matter what I get in the third round here, I'm going to have a super solid draft here. Um, Michael Owen is back on the clock after his water pick. Well, I'm kind of lost here. I'm Googling station food right now. Um, <laughs> you're, you're a race director. <laughs> exactly. That's why I don't work. <laughs> Best aid station food. This oh, guy. here's some here's some good ones here. Well, how much time we got left? Five seconds. No, I got fifteen at least. Yo, I'll give you twenty <laughs> seconds. Cam Ranch is shaking at his boots right now, just looking at you googling stuff right now. Um, okay, I'm ready. I'm I am ready to make my pick, guys. When my next pick gets selected, it'll be kind Holy of Holy moly, you should see what some people are writing about eight station food here. Um, some crazy stuff. So my second pick is the good old-fashioned. I'm going I'm to combine two categories, two, two foods. Potato chips slash Pringles. Pringles a chip, right? Original? Uh, I prefer cheddar cheese. 
Oh, you t- yeah. I mean, all potato chips has got to be a salt them. pick. That was my pick that I was debating between like a Lay's potato chips, just the salt right there was definitely salt and vinegar. That's all you so need. I'm, I feel pretty good with water as my first pick, to be honest, because I just feel like it pairs with anything. <laughs> water and Mike, you potato chips. What? You should have taken Coke. I couldn't. Wes took it. No, you should have before. No, Over water. No, not a, that's a late in the game. Just like pierogies. Chips are like no. even first aid station. I'll take a handful of no, chips. No, because I'm gonna follow I'm gonna follow up right here with my pierogies. That's just gonna seal Is it your turn? Yeah, yeah. it's your turn. And it's veggie broth. Oh, oh come on. Yeah. Come on, Travis. Yeah, pierogies and veggie broth. That'll get me through a whole hundred miler. Oh, that's brutal, man. Ouch. Yeah. I know. I, I, I I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to trade my pick. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. No, I'm just joking. Mostly, yeah. I just, I just really wished I was right before Travis right there just to take veggie broth <laughs> because I'm gonna take. This is really lame how it worked out, but I'm gonna take chicken broth. Is that is that fair? I can make another pick. Yeah, that's that's fine. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I'm kind of torn about I, that. I, I think generally at most aid stations, if they have veggie broth, they have chicken broth. They try to cater to both. Yeah, I'm fine. If, if you guys are fired with it, I'm fine with it. If Michael and if you're good with it, I'm good with it. I would have rather had veggie broth just to just to take a guy off Travis's roster. So Travis, <laughs> Travis is fine with it. I'm good with it. Michael, are you good with it? Huh? You're good with it? <laughs> Perfect. Okay, cool. Nick, well what done. Are we you're, about? you're on the clock here again, Nick, at the 301. Oh yeah. Uh, all right. My next one is going to be a grilled cheese. Sheesh, nice man. and hot. Oh nice man. That hot. was my next. That was such a good pick, man. I'm shocked. They made it back to three Oh one. I mean, grilled cheese versatile. You can use it at every aid station. It's just super solid. Disappointed. Who's on the clock. Is it Travis again? Nick is, it, is it me again? It's, it's well, if, it's, again. Um, if it's Nick again, Nick's gonna no, just I win got this. Two. Yeah, you, but you're sneaking you back picked, up. You pick come on, guys. No, you, you just picked you just picked no, chicken, Mike, broth. I got chicken broth oh. and grilled cheese. Yeah, how many how many picks did Nick get? Nick's done here. Nick's Nick's I missed up. the whole chicken broth <laughs> conversation. All right. Well, I, I mean, since I can't pick Michael's number one of water, I'm going with banana portable. Take it with you, last forever. Unpeeled. <laughs> I was wondering what you're drinking during this. <laughs> this is the best thing you've ever done. This is, this is absolutely epic. So Travis officially has remind me here. He's got pierogies, bananas. It was your other pick. Veggie broth. Veggie broth. Veggie, veggie broth. Okay. Here it's comes actually, Travis with his. With his That's like a race summary. Half, That's a race two, summary for me. Here comes Travis down the trail with his two and a half liters of veggie broth in his bag. <laughs> He's got a lot of salt. Yeah. Hey, guess what I'm not going to be depleted of? <laughs> a lot of electrolytes. Yes. I'm going to put Roctane in my veggie broth. <laughs> it's not it's not real. You, you don't have any Roctane. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I... I I'll, that that might <laughs> who knows 
I, I honestly like when you think about like all three of those combined, it's actually pretty solid, but we'll see what people think uh, in the voting. Michael, your final pick here. After going um, water and bananas, I believe, right? Once again, I'm caught off guard. I'd be a horrible NFL league owner, team owner. Yeah, um, I mean, we're doing this in honor of the draft here, trying to get in the draft spirit, and you're just really pulling a Bengals move here, drafting Joe Burrow 101 here. Can I pick Joe Burrow for my third pick? <laughs> <laughs> Joe Burrow to carry me the rest of the way. <laughs> Could not. All right. Um, Third pick to round out my. I'm looking at I'm looking at this once again as how I would run a race. So I've already got what water and um, potato chips. So what do I need to balance out my? Need some sugar. Um, ginger ale. That's a lot of liquid. <laughs> Big liquid diet guy. <laughs> So I'm, I made a huge mistake with my first pick. I'm sorry, guys. I can I need to go back and trade <laughs> so trade for a fourth I, round pick. I, I I actually saw Keegan say something about that. We actually need to all run this. Yes, that may just yeah. have to happen. Same. Okay, so we're all run this, and then same. With the, I don't know about you guys, but I saw a lot of comments that like the uh, that we all need to create that dance that we did on uh, Monday, recreate it in person. I'm get a fourth pick. I don't know if we can get a fourth pick. Maybe right. if you should, guys are not for it, but, but but wait, wait. Oh, I thought we got four. Shouldn't I, should, can we veto Mike's first pick and assume that we all get water? Well, in that case, I'm going to take the first pick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Can we veto his first pick and assume that we all just actually get water? Because what kind of idiot would start ultra without water? You guys, apparently. <laughs> Well, yeah, not, you can't be. You can't say like nobody can drink. No, you water. start with it. Yeah. Well, you only have like forty ounces, if that's the case. Sorry. I mean, I yeah, I don't know about that. I, we can't like just take away his picks. Obviously, you make a pick that obviously I'll all let of us you guys take away my pick if I can just substitute it for something else. Do you have something in mind that hasn't been picked yet that you could substitute it for? Yes. That I has know. not been chosen. No. Yes. Yes, I, I do. I'd be down if it was after my pick here in the third well, round. Well, no, hold on. If if we're retracting picks and I get to re-pick number one, I, I need to re-pick number three. Because okay. I would have picked something different. <laughs> okay. You just, apparently not. <laughs> you, you just messed up your whole draft here. And I think that's just what this is. Uh, come it's got to gotta stay. Yeah, this is this is great. My final pick in the here in the third round is the OCPs. I'm shocked they Ugh. got they got past. You should have known Mike was not going to pick OCPs. He's he's got a couple there. I'm I'm jealous that I didn't bring mine out from the cupboard here. I didn't think he'd get past Nick Voss. Honestly, I thought he would take them after the 101. If he would have went PB and J OCP and then some other solid combo like chicken broth, imagine how much stronger his team would be than it is right now with this weak team of chicken broth, but oranges and whatever else he has right now grilled right? cheese dude yeah yeah grilled cheese for sure you're, you're lacking a little bit all right mike what do we have i'm i'm, I'm happy with it you stick with water well if you guys are letting me change my picks yeah i want to hear picks. something other than i want to hear something other than water we can do well, one pick not both picks but i would not have picked the third one 
if I would have picked the first one differently. Why, the third one's pick... fine. It's still liquid. I, yeah, why I, somebody pick... else still got Coke. Nope, you guys are missing missing my rationale here. So I picked my third pick was ginger ale because I, I wanted the sugar, right? Yes, that's why I picked ginger ale. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> <laughs> We're still in shock. <laughs> Can I just, the draft is over. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what I would have done differently. Okay, so if I could have gone back in time and been smarter, I would have picked Roctane premix, obviously. In water, <laughs> which you already had. So, no, that's that's if I didn't have water. So I, my picks would have been Roctane, and then I would have got the chips still, and then since I already had the Roctane, I would have picked like a hamburger or something for my third pick. Okay, that's solid. Yeah, I mean, if there was a fourth round, I consider like hot dog or something in that in that category. Okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I had pan, I had pancakes in the fourth round. I think I Nick just and I like gonna run away with this draft in the polls when we hit the polls tomorrow morning. I was just thinking if, if I would have had the Roctane, it would have been like my sugar and my hydration and calories. And I would have been looking for something more savory at the end. Yeah, I, I I I'm I'm willing to substitute that Mike can have Roctane. In, in in our race, when we all race each other, but I don't want the I don't want the ginger ale in that case. So I want the hamburger. Oh, um, I I don't. What's this race distance? <laughs> Is it like a hundred miles? Obviously. Okay, I'm pretty confident. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty confident. My my picks over hundred. I wouldn't want my picks maybe a fifty k. But everyone, no, I would, I would only want rotting. that's all you can eat. Wait, what was that? Exactly, I agree. Everyone, everyone's next hundred mile race—that is all you can eat. You're locked in I, with your picks. I'm actually totally fine with that. <laughs> what <is> Me too. <laughs> OCP Coke and uh, so I didn't. Want, I didn't want to make it too crazy, but normally in my veggie broth, like during most races when I have veggie broth, there is rice in there. So I, I, I didn't state that, but. It's usually how it works. Can I drink water from streams or something? Is that like oh, a? You guys are all screwed because you don't have, yeah. have any hydration. It's like if, like if I just like outside of aid station, we picked up aid station food. But if we get our fuel outside of aid stations, well, now that, you have G, then you'll have Giardia. <laughs> <laughs> now that Mike's just picking Roctane, he's going to have a bunch of powder in his mouth. It's true. <laughs> but I mean, the whole, the whole synopsis everything that the sports announcers will be talking about tomorrow is how bad that first pick was. Yeah, Nick, man. That was, you, I picked the odds at like minus 110. You'd blow that first pick on, on the uh, social media, and you really blew I really it. needed it. I needed the orange slice. <laughs> like, I, I personally, I like watermelon over orange slices because, like, it's not acidic. It's kind of the same stuff, but, like, it's just not – um, Acidy. Am I? Am I wrong? Watermelon, watermelon makes you makes you burp a little bit, though. I don't banana, know. Can you banana's just, less can you just Nick running down the trail with a twenty five pound sack of oranges <laughs> on his back? Bananas Been are done. way less acidic. <laughs> That's fair. Actually, I like the orange orange pick. To be honest, that was, 
Yeah. After thinking about it, it does. I just didn't realize you guys didn't like them. <laughs> no, it carries well. Just, so in, <sighs> in that case, I guess it is a bad pick. But per- personally, after pacing Travis and Mohican, I'm out on oranges. But you definitely could have got oranges in round three, though. <laughs> oh yeah, you could. You could totally wait it on the oranges pick. But alrighty, guys, is there anything else you want to talk about tonight? Not that went way too long. Is, it's really long and whatnot. We're kind of just hanging out at this point. Alrighty, guys. I appreciate you guys coming on the show tonight and kind of talking all things ultra trail running. We talked FKTs. We had a little fun draft. Michael's obviously infamous return to Strava. If you get a kudos from Michael, know that it's honestly worth your effort. Yeah. You just mean that he deserves kudo worthy. So let, let me ask you something with the kudos thing. When you get your daily Paul Barty kudo. Does that mean anything to you? But when you get that Michael Owen kudo, what's that make you feel like? Hatred. <laughs> I honestly don't know if I get the daily Paul Barty kudo. Yes, you do. You overlook it at this point. <laughs> okay, I, I, Earl I mean, the Pearl. Earl the Pearl, yeah. He's, he's definitely giving out the kudos to me. <laughs> He's the only one that gives me kudos at 9 p.m. at night or later than that on a daily basis. But yeah, no, I, I, I think Travis might Travis might be the most friendly with the kudos. I'm pretty friendly kudos. Yeah, I get a lot from Travis. That's for sure. No, I don't give you any. Are you sure? I I'll I'll want to find one. I bet you got one no. yesterday. Travis no, and Cam. No, you didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I haven't given you one yet, Michael and Travis and Cam Wrench for me. I pay special attention not to give Mike kudos. <laughs> I think a lot of people are that way. <laughs> I love it. That's hey, what Wes, you get. Just go check your run today, buddy. Did you give me a freaking kudos on my eight miler? <laughs> Might've given you a comment. Well, yeah, I've gotten a couple of comments on my Baker over Burrow take, but we'll we'll cover that on the next show, hopefully. There will um, not be a next show. No, just <laughs> <laughs> obviously, we did this during the draft, and obviously the draft and it was an important time for a lot of players in the NFL. Um, these guys obviously are the top of their game, unlike Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's really just not a great wide receiver out of Michigan. Uh, he's probably going to get drafted in the next couple of days. Uh, uh, Oh, okay. 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 So, sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Um, Donovan, if you ever want to come on the show, let us know and we can get you on the show in the next couple episodes because you probably Just can't let get him know. Ridge Runners with one N. <laughs> with one N because <laughs> he's probably he's probably not gonna get on like an NFL draft <laughs> show because he's not good good enough, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's gonna become the next ridge runner uh, ohio ultra runner of the year <laughs> yeah that's that's who he's gonna be uh nevertheless guys you know where to find us on all social media all other stuff if you have someone that you want to see on the show these guys have been incredible obviously it's always a pleasure having these guys on every couple of weeks or what i didn't I get mean. a kudo from travis today but i did get one from aaron's that fell oh god i gotta <laughs> tell you i got you thanks aaron Oh, man. Well, we're going to get out of here. Appreciate you guys tuning in to this episode of Ridge Runners Live. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys.